the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. I am Seth Liebson. As we head into Hour 3, it's a delight to do so, as we do every Tuesday with Hugh Hallman, sometimes with Lewis. Lewis is, uh, will be, he'll be joining us at some point in a couple of weeks. He's uh, ironing out a, uh, a, a few uh, projects that uh, detain him, and uh, we do without him. Uh, and, but we are, we are in constant touch with him on email, and he's helping us. So you're hearing Lewis even in the interstices of his absence here. But Hugh Hallman is the former mayor of Tempe. He is an attorney. He is an educator. He is a man of very many parts, and he is a delight. And that's why we bring him in and why I keep him in my back pocket. Hugh Hallman, welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. Sadly, the parts are lesser than the whole, but uh, there it is. Or is it the other way around? I'm never sure. <laughs> we have not done COVID in a long no. time. And I'm. Thinking, and look what happened. And look what happened. <laughs> yeah, right. Truly, the state of Arizona's website sort of went dormant, and they started putting up data once a week, and clearly things had calmed down. The hysteria, the news media lost interest uh, for a while. The policymakers were realizing it was bad for the Democratic Party's brand to continue to lock us in our homes, to uh, keep our children undercover and make everyone wear masks. And during that sort of period of time, studies were continuing to look at what was really going on with COVID, uh, how it was being handled around the world. Uh, I would... Uh, commend to listeners' attention to go back and listen to some podcasts from the third hour on Tuesdays uh, where the two of us and ultimately the three of us, including Lewis, spoke about these issues and beat a drum that got us excoriated in some press corners, got us knocked off of uh, social media, got uh, me in that instance knocked off of other radio and television uh, efforts because we were not true to the narrative that the that the corporate media and the Democratic Party primarily wanted to continue to put forward, and that narrative was, COVID is here to kill us all. We must stop COVID, meaning we we have to lock ourselves in so that COVID stops spreading. Think China. Now, as we're all looking at China, thinking these people are nuts, that they are trying to have a zero COVID policy in an environment in which the world exists and viruses spread and the Chinese wall that exists across China doesn't prevent COVID from making its air way through the airwaves in a way that ultimately it continues to uh, exert itself in China. The rest of the world, including these United States, eventually it took about a year, came to the acknowledgement something we editorialized a long time ago, that COVID could not be stopped unless you could stop it in the entire world, an impossibility, because most of the world doesn't have the wealth and ability to shut itself down the way the United States did. And when the United States shut itself down, it threw a billion people back into extreme poverty. Children and women and men across this planet were subjected to horrors that we in these United States could avoid because we have enough wealth enough wealth because we've created well, a society we eradicated by the way correct right. correct correct right. horrors we eradicated and then brought back that's correct Sorry. and so horrors we eradicated in this country but uh horrors we we'd, uh, we'd uh, eradicated to a 
great degree for a decade. The, the success of freedom, creating economic value and success across this globe for 10 years was reversed in, an, in a matter of months. And so people who had worked hard and, and put their shoulders to the wheel and lifted themselves out of poverty, not because the United States wrote bigger checks for its uh, global uh, game, but because freedom was expanding and the economy was expanding and people experienced the opportunity to create wealth for themselves as it happened in these United States. And all of that got shut down in about 90 days. And those actions by the Western policymakers trying to pretend that they knew best, that human beings under their authority should not be allowed to exercise their individual choice sets, dictated that first we all shut down, that we all wear masks, that businesses close, that schools close, and that the goal was to stop COVID, which was an impossibility. Well, the rational people, in my view, me among them, Seth Lewis, understood that slowing it was still a valuable thing to do, not because it was going to prevent any particular person from getting COVID, but because if we overwhelmed our health systems, it would make it more difficult to treat carefully those people most vulnerable. But we knew almost immediately, if you count the first 90 days, that we knew who was vulnerable. Elderly people, that is people over 70, and people with comorbidities. This is the first time in U.S. history where we created policy, where we mandated that students, young people, take actions not to protect themselves, but to protect other people. A very different approach to policy. And we did that with vaccination as well. Here we have the risk of bad health outcomes for people under the age of 18 at a lower level than things like pneumonia, flu, and other diseases. Drowning. Drowning. Uh, uh, falling off ladders. I mean, we, we made fun of that uh, in the summer of 2000, looking at all the kinds of ways you were more likely to die than COVID if you were 18 or under. 2020. Correct. No. What did I say? Uh, 2000. But yeah, it, well, okay, that, that's, yeah. that's COVID. It's my case of long COVID <laughs> destroying my brain. Uh, but uh, in 2020, we talked about that in that summer. Uh, so two years ago about the fact that there are all kinds of ways in which young people are gr at greater risk than COVID, and yet we shut down their schools and now are recognizing, as we discussed then, the terrible health, emotional, uh, psychological impacts, the drug addiction and alcohol abuse, the sex cases, everything else that has befallen our young people is now clearly demonstrated, and there's no accounting. The policymakers who made those kinds of decisions without thinking, certainly in the first 90 days, you could forgive people for making decisions that were overprotective. But as the data was coming in, it was unforgivable, in my view, that we failed to acknowledge who we were protecting. And that is the elderly and folks with comor comorbidities. We still don't get that. We are now trying to vaccinate infants against a disease that is not an issue for them to protect whom other people now is that a family's choice to make that if you're living with your elderly parents you want to make sure your kids are not vectors for spreading a disease that won't hurt them but will help uh, hurt your elderly parents that's absolutely a legitimate choice to make but that does not mean that you vaccinate every child who is not in those circumstances and we have failed to adjust that well 
comes the Arizona Republic, the newspaper of record for our state, reporting as almost every major news outlet has in the last week. Headlines intended to scare, intended to require us to remember that it is the governmenters who have our best interests at stake and can make better decisions for us. Now, they tend to be in blue states, in contrast to red states. We've documented that pretty well, that if you want to see economic devastation, go to a blue state that shut down at the level they shut down. You want to see Relative economic success. Look in the red states that the New York Times spent its time, spent its times, its time newspaper making fun of. Texas and Florida, in particular, Arizona, they pitted us against California, New York, the brilliant people in California, New York, who know better. The end result is that randomness happens. That is to say that some states did better than others, in large part because of randomness. Also, in part, because of their demographics. Some states, like Arizona, have an older population than other states, like Texas. Other states, like uh, uh, Louisiana. Older states, like New York. The bad, bad news for New York is it's got an elderly population relative to the rest of the populations. We need to understand that. I don't make fun of New York because it's got an older population, and they would naturally experience a greater death rate than others. I make fun of New York because they had an idiot governor who decided to mandate that people with COVID who had been in the hospital have to be readmitted to their uh, elderly community to infect everybody else. That's the kind of idiocy we ought to be talking about and holding accountable. Well, Governor Cuomo got his in the end, so to speak. But here is the Arizona Republic reporting on the new BA5, the newest variant. What we're seeing in the reporting is we don't know enough, so be afraid, be very afraid. What we have, however, seen in the trending, as Lewis talked about very early on, biologically, uh, variants like a vi- of this kind of virus is true of HIV as well, tend to get moderated over time. Why? Because in biology, if you're so virulent that you kill your host, you don't spread. That's the easiest lesson there. Well, that's true with COVID, too. It's subject to the same things. Let me hold you right there as we head to a quick break. This is a big one, and we'll pick up on that when we come back. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Hugh Hallman. Don't go away. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth Leapson. He is Hugh Hallman. We're talking about a lot of things, but uh, COVID having um, come back at least in the news and in the um, and in the uh, panic and uh, scare uh, ethos. With regard uh, to that, we were talking about a piece on the front page above the fold in the Arizona Republic yesterday, and in bold letters, the title is "It is spreading everywhere." And Hugh Hallman was talking to us about what we need to know from that story. By the way, as you also pointed out, just to remind the audience, uh, mimics of these stories have been across the country throughout uh, throughout the United States, including the Washington Post. They're all writing variants. Sorry to use the word doubly, but they're using variants of this story throughout the country right now. BA5, new variant, very, very, very concerning to Some people. Go ahead. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And the reason I think we need to beat on this drum is because we're entering now primary season. And this is, in my view, coming out of the CDC and the Biden administration, an effort to get us back into believing that they have our best interests at heart and that everything that the the horrors of inflation, 
G, they say, for months. No, 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 this is transitory. That's not how economists think. You look at data and you recognize trends. No, 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 it's transit. Oh, we're sorry. It really is inflation, but it's now the Fed's fault because the Fed is killing our economy trying to stop inflation that the Biden administration had nothing to do with. It was, wait a minute, well, so the messaging is so goofed up. Now you've got this same theme coming out of the CDC and the Biden administration reminding us they have our best interests at heart. They're protecting us from the unknown. We just need to trust them because they know better. And yet, as it gets reported, it is clear that the people providing this data don't even know what they're handing out. And then certainly the people writing about it right. haven't a clue because you have such great inconsistencies. So here we have news or information coming out of the CDC, information that they have failed and refused to provide us on a consistent basis and only supply it when it is useful to their narrative. Why do I say that? Seth and I talked about this almost a year ago when vaccinations were the de rigueur, the thing of the day. The CDC started reporting properly how many people who were vaccinated were still dying or hospitalized. In about six weeks, they stopped putting that data up for being uh, to be publicly available. We call that breakthrough, breakthrough, uh, uh, breakthrough cases. Remember breakthrough cases? Right. And of course, it was because it was against narrative. If people who were vaccinated were still getting the disease and dying, then President Biden looked more like an idiot than he is saying that if you get vaccinated, you will not get the disease. You will not be hospitalized. You will not die. There'll be audio if you'd like to hear it. It's out on the Internet wildly and Seth plays it frequently. Because it's shocking. And now the CDC is hiding information so that that narrative isn't undermined. Now we have even the Arizona Republic gleefully reporting that, in fact, people who have been vaccinated and have been boosted. pay very close attention to what you're about to do. This is incredible to me. I'm, I'm reporting this because Seth did such a beautiful job. You really have to listen to the podcast more often, ladies and gentlemen. If you miss one of his monologues, you miss... Genius. You miss jewels. Uh, and truly, it is. It, I'm going to keep pushing him to do more with it because he did a beautiful monologue on this very topic. But here's the data. The data from May shows that 20, almost 26 percent of cases were people who were fully vaccinated without a booster. And yet 36 percent, almost 37 percent of cases were people who were vaccinated and had a booster. Now to hospitalizations and deaths. Hospitalizations. If you were just vaccinated but had no booster, you were at 25 percent approximately. If you were vaccinated and had boosters, you were at 31.5 percent. So that's the sort of kind of data that they don't even recognize. They're now reporting to the public that they're actually confirming you're potentially worse off being vaccinated and boosted than you were vaccinated and no booster or unvaccinated. That's the craziness here. This is the kind of information that we would have been locked up for reporting a year ago. We would have been banned from radio. Oh, wait, we were from other 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 channels. Thank goodness for KKNT 960, the Patriot. Uh, Interestingly, I can actually defend why those numbers make sense, because they didn't provide information that's useful to you. You need to age adjust it. The likelihood is that if you're vaccinated and boosted, you're over age 70, which means you also have a higher likelihood of getting the disease and dying. But this is an example of idiots providing information that they don't understand to people who don't comprehend it and can't write the sentences to explain it. 
That's the challenge we're in. The corporate media is parroting bad information from people who don't understand it to begin with, and it's being relayed by people who don't understand numbers at all. So that's the sort of stuff you've got coming out. So there's no age adjustment. There's no real information here that helps one understand what's really going on. That's also true about how the CDC is reporting stuff. Will you be able to get how many people, uh, what percentage of people are vaccinated uh, getting COVID and dying? Well, the new news stories are reporting, even the New York Times, God forbid, is now reporting that the, uh, the newest variant, the BA5, is more transmissible. But that's to be expected. From a year and a half ago, we talked about the fact that the virus is going to trend toward being more transmissible and being less lethal. And that's where we are currently. What's fascinating to me now are these kinds of sentences that you read uh, in these stories. Remember, this is a story about being afraid of BA5, the the new Omicron uh, variant, and that it's more contagious, but maybe less lethal. They don't tell you exactly what. But here's the kinds of sentences that you just think, are you morons? It's things like that uh, some people are estimated... Uh, to get the COVID disease, this new disease, more easily. But the symptoms appear to be more mild, but we're not sure. Here's the sentence I like best. Quote, some people have estimated that the true numbers right now are probably three to five times more than what we're seeing reported. Unquote. Well, what's that saying? There are lots of reasons why we have underreporting, but that's always been the case. Recall at the very beginning of this pandemic, that people, we did not have the testing systems to test everybody. And so the word out was, if you are not having terrible symptoms, please don't get tested because it'll use up a test that we need for somebody else. What did that mean? It meant that all the mild cases were not reported as COVID cases. What did that really mean? It fed right into their narrative. Look at the huge percentage of people who are dying. Why? Because the number of dying people is divided by the total number of people with COVID cases. If you underreport, COVID cases, right, right? If you underreport COVID cases by testing, then you're going to overstate the mortality rate. And it was being reported at two percent, three percent, four percent. When the reality was, as we kept getting the better data and right numbers, it was closer to 0.8 percent. And if you adjusted for age, it was closer to 0.2 percent, which is flu. Yep. Remember, the former president of the United States was excoriated for making that point. Let me uh, let me pick up on that and talk to you about some of the sociology around some of this, the political sociology around that, if I can, Hugh Hallman, when we come right back. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Hugh Hallman. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. He is Hugh Hallman. Uh, Hugh, thank you for that outline of where we were and where we are with regard to this new variant on COVID that's taking up so much ink in the press these uh, past several days. So there's been an interesting series of reports, unnecessary, tragically unnecessary because avoidable, about the effect that COVID policies have had on children, particularly mental health. All of it predicted by people like yourself, people like me, people like Dennis Prager, people like Bill Bennett, people like Heather McDonald, people like Jay Bhattacharya, and others. More importantly, people like Lewis Holman. Yeah, and Lewis yeah. Holman. Way back as as, as early in, as April of uh, 2020, 
All of this was foreseeable, what it would do to children. And now you are seeing the studies uh, validating or verifying that uh, our children are not all right as a result of this. Even uh, the New York Times, uh, as John Hinderocker was highlighting in Powerline today, uh, is doing a big interactive, one of these things the New York Times does very rarely, but very bigly, if I may, when they decide to, full and complete online with all kinds of graphics and expose type reportage. But the takeaway is this, per the New York Times, since COVID, 86 sheriff school counselors who said they noticed students' behaviors more often compared with before the pandemic. More, 86% children having trouble focusing on classwork now as compared to before the pandemic. 70% breaking classroom rules, uh, having time management skills, 69%, skipping class, 52%. Okay, that's the school part. 94% children showing signs of anxiety of depression. 88% having trouble with emotional regulation. 67% showing signs of low self-esteem. So this is now getting uh, getting attention from the Department of Education, the U.S. Department of Education. It's getting attention from the New York Times. It's getting attention here and there from a few other places as well. The Kaiser Family Foundation did a big study on this, as well as the American Academy of Pediatrics. And the children are not doing well because we, 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 we changed their entire educational and social lives in the snap of a finger and told them that we were afraid of them all at the same time and told them uh, that they could not engage with uh, uh, in player or social or athletic activities with their friends or uh, even any kind of other after school activities. So we've, we've put the fear of this disease into them, a disease that won't affect them anywhere near as badly as, say, such things as we were talking about, drowning, for example. And the statistic that I, I, I just find incredible, you think about what we did to children. Try this on for size. Illinois had four times breakthrough deaths as the entire number of children under the age of 18 died from COVID. Got that? Four times the number of deaths in Illinois, people who were fully vaccinated and boosted, died as all the children, whether they were vaccinated or not, with COVID. That's kind of giving you an insight as to how low risk this was for children and what we did to them on anxiety, on depression, on emotional regulation on low self-esteem. So I've had this question for months. You've heard me ask it, Hugh. We've discussed it together. Is anyone ever going to apologize for this? Is anyone ever going to say, I'm sorry? Is anyone ever going to take ownership of what they did to this society? And they didn't. And now I think I know why. This, this is why. They were holding in reserve, they were holding in reserve the recrudescence or the re- uh, or, or the second coming of the need to do this to us all over again if it became politically necessary. And it seems to me that's why there have been no apologies. So they can do this all over again to us, which is why you and I are going to be doing this all over again as per necessary. You tell me what I got right and wrong there. You got all of that right. And I would say this. If you think you're going to get an apology from policymakers who make these kinds of bad decisions, um, that era left us decades and decades ago. Richard Nixon resigned, uh, humiliated and left office. And we now have, you know, the Biden computer scandal 
doesn't matter. Right. Uh, you know, you, you the the era of uh, national media commentator uh, promoting a fake letter about George W. Bush, uh, he loses his job. That era is gone. Right. Um, in this instance, it is not only to do it again, but because we have an election season coming up, and these very people do not want to be held accountable at the ballot box for such bad decisions. So the question, maybe we can pick up this, pick this up on the other side of this break. The question I have is, does the left or does the Democratic Party think, think that they can get wedge points, that they can get political purchase out of putting conservatives and Republicans in our perspective on COVID on the fence again going into November? When we come back, maybe you could take a swing at that. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Hugh Hellman. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're looking for a really unique uh, investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi, who helped make this conversation possible by sponsoring parts of this show. The good people at Y-Refi are good people. They're doing really well by doing good for others, and you can be too if you are interested in what they have to offer. A fixed, no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. As I say, it's run by great people. You can check them out yourself at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y and R E F Y dot com, or give them a call at 855 316 3087. Hugh Hallman is in studio with me. Hugh, my point about uh, the left ginning up again or the massive corporate media ginning up again with all the credentialed epidemiologists they can find, this notion that BA5 variant of COVID is something we must be very concerned about, very careful about, even remasking up again uh, indoors, um, tells me that the Democrats must think or the media and the Democrats and the left must think that there is some political poignancy or purchase to putting conservatives on the defensive on this stuff again. And I thought maybe we had matured or ripened enough with COVID to realize as a society that we overreached. We overreached in the red states, excuse me, in the blue states. We overreached in the lockdowns and in the shutdowns. But maybe some people didn't get the message, or maybe the Democrats think we can be frightened again and cowed again into being anti that party of anti-science. Is that the game right now, or I, I what think, do you think? I think the game is that they're marshalling the base, and those people who masked up uh, and saluted the flag and did everything they were supposed to do, and a virtue signal to those of us who were asking questions, um, they're getting them in line. That remember, we protected you from COVID and you need to stay in line with us on this sort of thing. The fact that the papers are reporting concern over hospitalization and concern over mortality rates, notwithstanding, let me give you examples. Quote, I've seen reinfections happen as quickly as three months after prior infection. Sometimes they think they have allergies or they think there's a different virus that they have. They often don't believe they have COVID. Here's my favorite. Symptoms can be so mild that some infected individuals may simply not bother with a test, though their behavior can exacerbate the spread of the virus, unquote. To other people who may not know they have it. My God, so, what a dangerous disease. It's so bad you don't know you have you it. You don't know you have it. Yeah. This this amazing disease, whereas <laughs> Chris, Chris Cuomo, now no longer getting to report from CNN, was 
talking about with breathlessly that up to 80 percent of the people who get this disease might not even know they have it. Right. Oh my my God, they might even have hair, um, both of which then are clearly correlated with the likelihood of dying. Yeah. The very fact that he would report that this disease is so dangerous that 80 percent of the people who get it won't know they have it is exactly the point we were making from the beginning, which is you have massive underreporting of cases, so massive overreporting of mortality and hospitalization as a percentage of the people getting the case. You know what this now looks like? Every year, there's this terrible disease that visits us every single year, and it changes. So they have to change the vaccine for it. It's called the flu. And sometimes you got it last year and you might get it again this year. Oh, my goodness. You mean the the protection you got from last year's vaccine or last year's disease won't last this year? Oh, let's go running screaming. The flu is here. Well, it is true that in 1918, 19, we had a horrific worldwide flu pandemic. But over time, the flu continues to morph and it's become less lethal. Well, here the left seems to be trying to get us to mask up and be afraid so that their troops are in line. And remember to vote blue this month. And make fun of people who discount public health as they define it. Because we are all here to kill old people. Right. That's the other part of this, this uh, this this part of fear and panic that if you get covid you will die that's look when they when they put headlines can i say the arizona republic thing again when they put headlines together that say it's everywhere it's spreading everywhere that's designed to frighten and scare what if it's everywhere like air now it isn't air it's something a little bit more than air but it's not something a little bit more than air if you are under the age of 70 years old and you aren't obese and in generally good health that was the implication behind the problem with covid from the very beginning if you get it you will die and the greatest thing you ever said to me in looking at all the data way back when Hugh you said to me do you remember what you said you said i've looked at all the data and oh my god of us may survive this. It's a terrible, terrible pandemic. Uh, You only have a 96% chance of survival. Now, you know I made fun of that point because we have to protect people who are vulnerable. Higher, by the way, if you're not 70. That's correct. And that's the point. We knew who to protect. Mm -hmm. We've always known who to protect, at least after the first 90 days. But the policymakers did not want to let go of the power they grabbed, including, you know, we have a governor of our state who took a long time to give up his emergency powers. I was going to make that point, too. That's kind of an interesting one, too, isn't it? We talked about the red states and the blue states, but the blue states had more effect on the red states than the red states did on the blue when it came to. This Absolutely. Sort of stuff. The, the, the pre- and I don't begrudge Hard America was invaded by soft America. I don't begrudge that Governor Ducey, uh, governors of Texas, Florida and other red states felt pressure to take actions that they otherwise might not take. Right. Because the reality is they were being screamed at. So you want old ladies to die. Right. Right. Uh, And that we couldn't have a straight up conversation about the data and the reality is proved by the fact that, you know, this this Valley's NPR station didn't want to have that conversation at all. I was taken off the air precisely for having that conversation that you could get that on KKNT. Is unusual. You couldn't even get that in most other stations, even on the conservative band, right. because it is data thick. It's boring and dull, maybe. But the reality is your listeners at a very smart level wanted to understand this data and help spread that word that policymaking 
is wrong and we need to adjust it. And this state was no less subject to the left drumbeat than California. That's exactly we right. We just put up with it a little better. That's right. Look yeah, at, you got to give the way Doug the Ducey that did point. it. I mean, look at Florida's per, per capita death rate. And it's better than New York's. It's better than Michigan's. It's better than New Jersey. You tell me what conclusions to draw from this, folks. It's better than Illinois. The conclusion is common sense, common sense still prevails, despite what the media and the left want you to say, because common sense is no longer, unfortunately, in the mainstream. But that's why we're here. And we'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your day, some of your afternoon with us. We take none of this for granted. We think it's a privilege that you would allow us into your homes, your cars, your living rooms, your bedrooms, your hearts, your minds, and your souls. We truly do. We take none of this for granted, and we appreciate it, as we appreciate the company that allows us to talk this way and our sponsors like Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. It's a good company made of good people that put out a great product. If you're interested in boosting your health, immunity, and energy with 100% natural, pure, potent plant power, check out the fruits and veggies at Balance of Nature. Again, I take it every day. Best product I've ever taken. Balanceofnature.com, their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Uh, Hugh, I closed the last segment saying that I think common sense is outside the mainstream. An old friend of mine and yours once said, uh, on every public policy issue, on any public policy issue, have an open mind, but not so open you let your brains fall out. We're possibly approaching that again when it comes to this issue with COVID and the BA5 variant. You have the last word. I actually think that our brains aren't going to be falling out. I believe that enough of our society has recognized baloney when they see it. It is a privilege for me to be on these airways with you, and certainly I'm grateful to KKNT 960 for allowing me to have these conversations with you, and that we have for more than We're almost two you're... years. But that does require that we all turn our brains on. They cannot atrophy, uh, and it does require in elections. I would commend to people to listen to the to your opening uh, yesterday, I believe. No, I'm sorry, Friday, about your recommendations for office. Ah, yes. Brilliant, brilliant thought about why certain candidates should be selected and why others might be overlooked. But the main point I think you proved or demonstrate in your own life and that you require of others is that they have walked the walk for a decent period of time. I ran for statewide office and was not successful. I was called a rhino at the time because, after all, I'd actually worked for Ronald Reagan, somebody who conservatives uh, lionize. Well, a conservative lives those values, even when you have to compromise on maneuvers at any given moment, you're trying to get to the goal line that expands liberty, freedom, and the opportunity for individuals to exhibit their best selves. This show helps people do that. And your recommendations for candidates like uh, Karen Taylor Robeson, somebody who has walked the walk her entire life, demonstrated it day in and day out in her business, in her social interactions, in her work and charitable activities, and in her commitment to the public and the public good. That's somebody who demonstrates what it means to be a conservative. 
And that's what we should all be hanging our hats on in this upcoming election. So as you see these headlines intended to drive you to people who will stand up on a soapbox and are recently converted because it's convenient, I would tell you to turn your ears off and do your research and look for people who have been a conservative for their lifetimes. You're one. I'm another. I got beat by somebody who was a recent convert. I don't want to see that happen to Karen Taylor Robeson. She deserves our support. God bless you, Hugh. God bless you all. Till tomorrow, class dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.